0: Support for this podcast is provided by ThatCast Creative. Brand your business and connect with your audience by creating a custom podcast. Learn more at ThatCast.com.
1: Like, what does the world look like? It's specifically black creators. Get credit for the ideas and the things they build. Um, and then this little thing called blockchain came to mind <laughs> um, after just like doing different research. Um, and blockchain as a democratized ledger system has the power to put ownership back where it belongs, because you can actually own something and be the owner of something. Um, so I put two, two, two and two together it was kind of like a puzzle piece of, well, you know, through blockchain, um, you're able to establish, you know, and create, you know, a proof of creation and have a timestamp, where then through IP and copyright laws, you know, you can match them and somehow connect that to social media.
0: Hey everyone, you're listening to the PDX Executive Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Bruden. On today's episode is Renee Allums, founder of Hashtag Tag. For now is the name, right? For now. <laughs> cool. Well, hey, Renee, thanks for being on the yeah, podcast.
1: thanks
0: for having me. So I'm super excited about your idea for your business. You recently won a pitch event, yeah. a Pitch Black. And so I wanted to just learn about... Your idea, how you came up with it. Yeah. Let's first talk about your background. I know you went to Lewis and Clark. Yeah. And now you work at Nike (laughs) for now. So if you don't mind, just give a little background. Um,
1: So my name's Renee, like you just said. Um, Originally from Southern California. I'm a 22 year old. Um, currently working within Nike's innovation department um, on, on a team here doing brand
0: development. Awesome. So let's get into Hashtag Tag. Yeah. So tell me about <laughs> uh, the idea, like how you came up with it, mm-hmm. a little bit, of, you know, what it is, mm-hmm. and then we'll go from there.
1: Yeah. So Hashtag Tag originated actually at Lewis and Clark College. Um, I was sitting in an entrepreneurship class and we were um, talking about digital media and like virality and like how big of an impact and influence that has on culture. Right. Specifically, we got into the term on fleek, Um, and the term on fleek went viral, and brands and corporations went on to monetize that term, Mm -hmm. but it was actually started by a 16-year-old named Peaches Monroe on Vine. She was just talking about her makeup, went into talking about her eyebrows, and said, oh, they're on fleek, Mm -hmm. but little did she know, she started a phenomenon. She started a word, and she didn't get paid for it to this day, didn't get credited, didn't get paid for it. So that stuck with me. Um, and in that class, as we were talking about on Fleek and just like the impact of a 16 year old from Atlanta, Georgia, yeah. a white male student in the class said, Well, that's because she doesn't have the entrepreneur mindset. That's <laughs> her fault. <laughs> she should have known better. She should have got lawyers. She should have, you know, <laughs> copyrighted that term. That's on her. That's what <laughs> she gets. <laughs> and that really resonated with me because it's like, Well, what is the entrepreneur mindset? Taking advantage of people, exploiting people, exploiting people who don't have the same resources and access to the same, you know, knowledge and education right. that, you know, people who are the majority do have. Um, so that resonated with me. So it was a two-year concept of just trying to, you know, get my brain around, well, how can, like, what would a world look like? I actually wrote this down because it was super powerful. Yeah. Like, what does the world look like? It's specifically black creators get credit for the ideas and the things they build. Right. Um, And then this little thing called blockchain came to mind um, after just like doing different research. Um, And blockchain as a democratized ledger system, Mm how is the power to put ownership back where it belongs? Mm -hmm. Because you can actually own something and be the owner of something. Um, So I put two two and two together. It was kind of like a puzzle piece of, well, you know, through blockchain, um, you're able to establish, you know, and create, you know, a proof of creation Mm -hmm. and have a timestamp where then through IP and copyright laws, you know, you can match them. And somehow connect that to social media. Um, so that's how Tag developed. Um, so it was a two-year concept, but I was, still, I was still afraid in a way. of I just didn't feel like I was an entrepreneur. I didn't feel like I was ready, you know, because I'm 22. And or at that time, I was 21. And I was, you know, I've never built anything before, hmm. you know. Why, like, why should I be the one to do this and take on this, you know, huge, you know, huge thing that could have, a, like, change lives? Right. Um, and it was actually in this building, we were, um, had an event for Women's Entrepreneurship Day. Um, and the entrepreneur, Lynn Lee, I'm the founder of Society9, a okay. women's boxing glove yeah. company. Yeah. I was talking to her about the same idea um, back in January. And she said, I was like, I just don't feel like I'm ready. And she said to me, you know, the time will unveil itself. It'll huh. unveil itself. It's, if it's the right moment, it will unveil itself. Mm-hmm. And that stuck with me. And then Pitch Black came along. Mm-hmm. So I actually bought tickets for Pitch Black and was planning to just attend in the audience. And then four days leading up to the event, <laughs> I was at a sneaker, week, um, a sneaker week event at the Portland Art Museum. Okay. And then one of my friends who was running the, um, running the organizing, I told her, oh, I'm so excited to go to Pitch Black. Um, I'm thinking about applying next year. Okay. She said, why next year? Why not this year? This was four days till the event. Yeah, so on Saturday. <laughs> the event was on Wednesday. Yeah. She said, why not this year? And I was like, um, I mean, I don't know. Like, what's the even theme of it? She's like, about fashion. And then it clicked. I was like, oh, this tier concept, I can pivot it and make it about, you know, independent designers of color who have the same issues with their designs getting stolen by fast fashion brands. Mm -hmm. And it was just something in me. I have this bad habit of talking myself out of opportunities just because I feel like I'm not good enough or ready enough. Mm -hmm. Um, But just something about this like moment, I was like, you're going to probably be in front of an audience of your peers, of a lot of black people in Portland. That is huge. First of all, yeah, like take it. Yeah. Um, and so I did, um, uh, so I got confirmed for the competition on Monday and then spent those next two days Just working up. on my deck and <laughs> practicing it all hours of the night. Yeah.
0: And, and how was that process? Did you have some like mentors and friends you kind of bounced it off of before you? Yeah.
1: Pretty much everyone here, honestly. Okay. Great. <laughs> um, primarily, uh, my roommate who I also work with here. Cool. Um, I was bouncing it a lot off him cause he deals with like putting together pitch decks and whatnot. Yeah. And, but the funny part is, is. When my friend told me that there was an opening for Pitch Black and they still needed participants on Saturday, I was already, you know, reciting my pitch in my Mm -hmm. head in that moment. So back to what Lin Lee said, it'll unveil itself. You know, it was just waiting for that opportunity mm-hmm. in that platform.
0: So, how was that experience? I know. So, you won, mm-hmm. and I was telling you before we recorded. They showed that I saw the picture of the chart of like percent. years just like way ahead, of everybody else. So, how was the experience going through that? It being kind of the first pitch event you did, and
1: yeah, you know? it was. I mean, honestly, I am still trying to find words for it. Mm. Um, that's how like just like powerful it was. Yeah. Um, I remember walking into the Wyden building and like uh, it was like super hot that day. I was wearing a shirt and a backpack, mm-hmm. took up my backpack, I was like full of sweat. <laughs> and people were like, You seem so cool, calm and collected. Yeah. But really inside I was so nervous. Yeah. It was like my first pitch competition, an idea that still really didn't feel like, you know, a viable business option. I was like, Well, people even understand blockchain. Yeah. Um, but then when I grabbed the microphone and I, you know, got off that first couple of lines yeah and felt the energy in the room i knew it was something bigger than me yeah um, and when i saw um, so it was live voting so i had to sit there while everyone was voting mm-hmm. um, and just those moments of anticipation <laughs> i was yeah, like a gotta wreck be a inside um, and i didn't even look up when they announced and oh, yeah. i just heard the crowd of just like everyone just like whoa And then, like, I looked up and I saw, and I just immediately like burst out in tears. I was super emotional. (laughs) Yeah. Well,
0: congratulations. (laughs) So, what's kind of next steps for the idea? And Mm -hmm. also, would like to get into, you know, the the startup community Mm -hmm. as far as uh, since then, have you heard from them? People offering help or Mm -hmm. how's that been?
1: Yeah. So the past month has been a lot of meetings. (laughs) Okay. Meeting with people and just getting advice, solicited and unsolicited advice. Yeah. Um, It just seems like. The moment I stepped off that stage, um, the Portland startup community just wrapped their arms around me and said, we got you. Like, whatever you need, we got you. And that's just been, like, that's just, like, meant everything to me Mm -hmm. um, as someone who's like, this is my first thing I'm trying to build. And it's a huge thing I'm trying to build. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know why I kind of like, you know, just jumping off the Mm -hmm. deep end right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's been great just to see the startup community being able to, you know, just so graciously um, yeah. want to help.
0: It's kind of the ethos here in Portland. I always yeah. say, right? And that's why I love it so much. Yeah, because
1: I'm from you know Southern California, LA, and it's it's different. You know, right. it's a doggy dog world out there, mentality. And-
0: yeah, I'm sure it's you know I'm sure it's changed down there, but <laughs> Portland is special. Um, you know, I want to talk about the also this emerging leaders mm-hmm. uh, program too. And when was timing? When did you go through that? Was it while you were in school? So or? it was
1: while I was was in school, um, junior, my junior year at Lewis and Clark College. Okay. Um, and it was kind of you know I thinking about you know being a junior, you thinking about okay, what am I going to do when I graduate? Yeah. And for me, I was like you know I had two options: I could either stay in Portland or go home. Mm-hmm. And to stay in Portland, I needed you know I needed a network, I needed yeah. opportunities, and from where i was currently standing I, I i couldn't see anything on the horizon and then i heard about this emerging leader program and i honestly didn't have any other options or choices so i decided just to take a chance on this new program and i mean they read my application and then they met me and they they said you have a place here awesome don't leave like we like the the city needs you Um, is it
0: a year or two year program um so they just match you with summer summer internships so like three
1: three three month internships yeah
0: and you mentioned so first year match was approved yeah awesome company yeah a lot of growth so you were there right when there was a lot of growth
1: yeah which is really exciting to see um especially like in portland um you don't realize how big the tech scene is mm-hmm. until you're in it. Yeah. You're just like, wow, there's some really innovative projects being developed right here um, mm-hmm. in our backyard.
0: Gosh, there's so much going on. It's every day I'm learning about a new company <laughs> or like learning about someone like you yeah. starting something <laughs> awesome. So, um, you know, now that it's been a month, you know, people reaching out, maybe to offer to help How, you, you, are you going to kind of work it on a, a, a nights and weekends or what do you think is kind of, yeah, um,
1: for now it's been nights and weekends. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of taking my time with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like with this, especially with this audience in this community, mm-hmm. um, I owe it that I mm-hmm. owe it to take my time with, um, and yes, I, it's great to get all this advice, but also at the end of the day, I have to go with my gut and yeah. my instinct. And right now my instinct is saying, take your time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's yours, right? Yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about Portland. Again, you're not, you know, you didn't grow up here, but you've been here a little while. You Mm -hmm. went to school here. Uh, How do you feel the community in general, like business-wise? I mean, you work for a prominent brand right now. Uh, How's that been for you? And just making the transition of now you're going to start your own company and, you know, there's Mm -hmm. a tech scene that's supportive, but just in general, has Mm -hmm. it been uh, good or just, you know, pros and cons about, Mm -hmm. because we're a small town still, Mm -hmm. so
1: yeah definitely I mean great um, but definitely also the pros and cons um, you know starting especially in this ecosystem that is Nike you know you're Mm -hmm. immediately hit with imposter syndrome Hmm. since being surrounded by so many talented you know empowering individuals tell tell
0: Um, me more about that you just mean uh, when you first came here was that a little yeah especially in my
1: internship um, of just being like do I even belong Um, because you know I playing basketball I grew grew up with the brand you know I grew up with Nike every time you know you know, my like foot grew, or you know, I got bigger and stronger. Nike yeah. was always there in my yeah. development, um, but for some reason, it was never, never a place I thought I would end up. Honestly, um, and just because that, of just you know, I didn't see people who looked like me, you know, mm-hmm. associated with Nike. Maybe mm-hmm. you know, on the ads, but never saw anyone, you know. Oh, I work for Nike. I never really even met anyone who worked for Nike right. before. Being from my small town, um, it was just like a brand you wore and a brand you liked and adored. You know. Mm-hmm. Um So actually, being in here and just seeing how I'm like even my family relax reacts you know it's um I took them when they came here for my um college graduation, I took them on like a uh, tour of the campus and just seeing their faces and just seeing how proud of proud they are with me you know yeah. this is the first time that, you know they 've even been on like a corporate campus hmm. um, so that was just empowering and just like feeling I have a lot of weight on my shoulders you know it 's just a lot of responsibility yeah. um and on that note um I also feel like you know I meet a ton of ton of talented motivated you know ambitious people of color mm-hmm. so how do we bring them in here as well? yeah,
0: absolutely uh-huh. and you ha i mean it's it's uh you, you probably started with like a class of people yeah. almost in that Ni- when you you started at yeah. Nike, so you have like this core probably people you can connect with, mm-hmm. and I think it, a lot of people know Nike's very good about you reaching out to people at Nike mm-hmm. to get advice right mm-hmm. so and it sounds like they've been supportive of your idea and the company as well right definitely um so where is there do you have a site up yet or kind of people can go and check it out or
1: yes (laughs) a really basic um basic site just to collect emails currently working on kind of trying to rebrand um Mm -hmm. And currently working on um, filing LLC for the name.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Just kind of all the uh, not yeah. fun stuff. Yeah, all the not <laughs> fun important
1: things yeah. <laughs> that I'm not particularly a fan of. But
0: yeah, and a couple other things before we you know we go. Uh, are there any other startups either that you pitched with mm-hmm. at the the recent event or ones that you've come across that you think are exciting mm-hmm. or any fa- specific founders or? Mm-hmm. Love to you know learn about some other companies I might not know about or yeah,
1: does. there's like you said there's so yeah. many so many happening. Um, let's see. I mean, what the people at Deadstock are doing is super like just super dope yeah. to like especially in the coffee space. Mm-hmm. Especially Portland is so saturated with
0: yeah. <laughs> coffee, yeah. um,
1: and for them to be able to come in and be like a really strong voice for the culture, mm-hmm. um, matching sneakers and culture and coffee yeah. together, I think is just I mean it's amazing. Um, that. every time I pass by, I see, you know, just like a, like community, you know, in there, if they want us to talk sneakers or just want to be around people who look like them. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is amazing. And I like, just can't wait for more spaces that develop in Portland like that.
0: Yeah. Deadstock They're in old town, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was just, uh, hopping in there and that's, that's great. I saw something, I think Steven Green posted how he was like, had like a bank almost of like yeah. go support these yeah. ones right and that was deadstock was on there so very cool uh,
1: um and then always been a big fan of um emma at wildfang yeah uh, she was one of the first entrepreneurs i met um at lewis and clark um it's called lunch with a leader a program they have and i was actually sitting across from her like this and i mean i'm known to kind of just like i'm very curious mm-hmm. <laughs> um so i had like a facebook printout um of like some of the comments that people were saying under uh, one of Wild Fang's ads that I wanted to ask her about, particularly talking about how, you know, they're really, you know, taking fem- feminism and trying to make money off of it. Um, and just right. kind of just being curious of how she, what she thought about it. And yeah. the answer she gave was, like, super profound. You know, everything they do that people don't see, you know, how much they donate and, you know, the workshops they do for, you know, homeless youth and right. whatnot in the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. And just, I mean... She's a powerhouse, and just yeah. like just seeing like a woman just be so badass and just like unapologetic of I am forging a path, mm-hmm. and you can either you know help me or move out of my way.
0: <laughs> yeah, one of the best speakers I've ever seen too. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. great
0: on stage. Yeah. So, um, well, Renee thanks so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks I'm, for having. Yeah, me. I'm excited uh, to see where you know it goes, and yes. please keep us posted. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I'm Dan Bruton, and you've been listening to the PDX Executive Podcast. Original music was composed for this episode by Levi Downey. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts,